Today there is a battle going on. Today there is a battle that is raging. And most Christians are unaware of that battle. Today there is a battle taking place. And for sure, most believers are unaware of what is at stake in this battle. And understand tonight, that battle is a battle for the truth. Now listen, be very sure tonight, while we may be unaware, Satan and the world are not. And they have launched an all-out assault against the truth. Tonight, I believe, I'm sure of it, that our message is a message that all people should hear. Our young people should hear this. Our students should hear it. Our older adults should hear it. Our churches should hear it. I believe tonight's message is a message that all people should hear. Tonight is a warning call. It is also a rallying cry tonight. Our message tonight is entitled, It's Time for Truth. It's Time for Truth. Tonight we are in Jesus' prayer recorded in John chapter 17. Uh, Tonight, as crazy as it may seem, uh, we are going to focus on just four words from verse 17. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to pick up the rest, but our verse tonight, our words tonight are found in John chapter 17, verse 17. If you are listening tonight in person, or if you're listening online, I want to ask tonight that you would share this message. I want to ask that you would ask others to share this message, either in person or online. Call them, text them. But the world needs to hear this truth tonight. Now, I'm also going to ask tonight, as you hear, and over the next few days, as you remember, that you pray for it to go out, that you would be praying that God would take it and he would bless it and he would send it out. Tonight, our message is entitled, It's Time for Truth. Tonight, we're in John chapter 17. We're going to look at the second half of verse 17. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. John chapter 17, verse 17, the second half of the verse, just four words tonight. Jesus is speaking. He says this, Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight. We are thankful for the opportunity to gather tonight as the church. We're thankful tonight together in fellowship. We're thankful to be able to sing and lift up your praises, to lift up your name. Lord, we come and we want to worship you tonight. And I pray that that's the, the fruit of this hour is that You are worshiped, you are exalted, that you are pleased, that you are blessed. Lord, I pray now in this time that you would speak. I know it is your word. I know it's your truth. And so I pray that you would speak. Lord, tonight I pray on this night that you would open our ears to hear, you would open our hearts to receive. But I pray not just for us tonight, but for many others. I pray for those that are listening online, those that are listening in some other way, those that will listen at a later date. And I pray that this message tonight would truly go out and reach a world looking for the truth. Help us in that. Lord, again, we'll be quick to give you the glory. We ask again that you would meet with us in this hour. We tell you we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, 
Amen. You may be seated. Today, our world is rapidly changing. Now, we know that. We see that. Really, it is a pace that now seems unimaginable. Not that long ago, almost all of our states would tell you that a marriage is between one woman and one man, and they would tell you that is what constitutes a marriage. Well, today that is totally flipped with people saying, really, there is no set definition of a marriage. Today people say, and I'll just tell you a good number of believers say this, why do I care who people marry? Why do I care who people love? What business is that of mine? Not that long ago, it was easy to say that there are two genders of people. There are only two genders of people, and they are fixed. Not that long ago, we would say it is ludicrous to allow people to think they can choose their gender. Listen, absolutely ludicrous to think we can allow somebody to to choose their gender. Just last year, my daughter playing on a college tennis team, played a young man who has decided he is a young woman. I don't know what what encourages that, but he has decided he is a young woman. He plays in the number one female position at his school on his team. Most likely, he would not play on any team as a male. Uh, Evidently, males are different from females. Because of his decision, he is accepted as a female. Listen to this. He has access and uses the female locker rooms and the female restrooms. Now, if that is not crazy enough, and I mean crazy, crazier than all of that are all of the administration and the coaches and the teammates and the fellow students who sign off on it as normal. Let me be very clear tonight, that is not normal. And it's hurtful to others, and it's hurtful to that young man as well. Now, let me just tell you tonight, I could go on and on and on. I could give you example after example. I could go on and on, but understand tonight, the issue at hand is the issue of the truth. We see that and we say, well, that doesn't make any sense to us. The issue at hand is the issue of the truth. That is the core issue. It is an issue of truth. And so tonight, I want to discuss this issue. I'll just tell you, I believe it's time that we discuss this issue. Tonight, we're going to ask, what is the battle? What is at stake And the best part of this message will be this, what is the truth about truth? And so we're going to see tonight, what is the battle? What is at stake? And the best part, I believe, will be, what is the truth about truth? The first part is this, what is the battle? What is the battle? Well, listen, the the battle is this. When we ask all of the great questions of life, And I want you to think about those. You know these questions. For ages, they've asked these questions. Philosophers have have wondered about these questions. But when we ask the great questions of life, where does life come from? What is the point to life? 
Where do we find our purpose? What is wrong and how do we know what's wrong? What is right? Where do we find meaning? What is the meaning? What is next? What about death? When we ask all of the profound questions of life, understand the answers come back to based on what? Based on what? If you say that is the answer, based on what? If you say there are two genders, based on what? Well, the reality is all true answers, all correct answers are based on the truth. By definition, all correct answers are based on the truth. Webster's Dictionary, that's what we had before Google. Webster's Dictionary defines truth as the real facts about something. That's what they say. The real facts about something. The Oxford Dictionary says truth is the state of being true. Now that makes a lot of sense. Truth is the state of being true. And so I understand tonight all correct answers, those answers come from the truth. What is true? Well, here's the deal. Here's the battle. Satan hates the truth. Satan rebels against the truth. And so he leads an assault on the truth. And that is what we're seeing today. That's what we see in our age. Today, let me give you some of the modern attacks on the truth and see if you do not recognize these. Here are the modern attacks on the truth. Now, the first one is this. The truth is not knowable. That's what the culture says today. It's one of the modern attacks against the truth. People will say the truth is not knowable. They will say people cannot know the truth. We are flawed in our thinking. We are limited in our information. Our perspectives shape us. And so they would say the truth is not knowable. You're not able to come to a conclusion of the truth. There was a philosopher in the 1940s, and he said, there is no total truth, only half-truths. Another later philosopher after him said, we cannot know absolute truth, only optimal truth, the best idea of truth. And so people say truth is not knowable. And that's one of the attacks against the truth. Now think about that. It seems today enlightened to say, well, the truth's not knowable. And if someone says, well, let's talk about the truth, it seems very enlightened to say, well, we can't, we can't actually hold the truth. It seems very freeing to say, well, the truth is not knowable. Another idea, another attack against the truth is saying that truth is always subjective or relative. What that means is, is that truth depends on the situation. And these folks would say there is no set truth. There is no fixed truth. Truth depends on the situation. And so what is true here may not be true over there. And, and what if may have been true 200 years ago or 50 years ago might not be true now. And so they would say the truth is relative, is dependent on the situation or the time or even the person trying to discern the truth. There's another idea, and it is called pluralism. 
And it is the idea today that there can be more than one truth. They would say truth, again, is not absolute. Uh, this, this line of thinking matches our day of tolerance and our day of political correctness. What it, what it goes, how it follows is this. You may have your truth, and it is true because, very simply, you hold it as true. And so if you believe something is true, it must be true. It is your truth. And I, on the other hand, may have my truth, and it is true because I believe it to be true, not because of facts, not because of correct information, but the fact that I believe it to be true, it becomes my truth. And so we start to have your truth and their truth and my truth. And before long, if you think about it, everything is true. And nothing is untrue. And we eventually lose the meaning of truth. Now, on top of all of those ideas, today our virtue signaling world has declared to hold any idea or any concept of truth is not loving or is not accepting of those outside of truth. Now listen, there is the truth, and you can hold a view that's not the truth, but our world says if you say that's not the truth, that is not loving, that is not accepting. What that means is practically... I wouldn't encourage you to try this, but if you're to go outside in a hailstorm and it's golf ball size hail, and they say, well, we've got golf ball size hail and it's coming down, and you're to walk outside in a hailstorm and you're to walk out and you're, and you're getting pelted in the head and you're getting pelted everywhere, but you walk out in that hailstorm and you say, it is not hailing. It. it it is not hailing. And you begin to explain away, well, in my reality, these are these and this is that, and I'm not willing to accept that. And in my truth, this isn't hail. And you're out in the hell and you're saying, it is not hailing. Today, it is unloving, and it is actually offensive, and it is unaccepting to say, hey, it's hailing out there. You might want to come in. That is viewed as offensive today. You're, you're speaking against their truth. And I just want you to know that is the battle today. Satan has launched an attack on the truth. And the world has, has taken it and there is an attack today on the truth. That's the battle. The second thing is this. What is at stake? Here's the thing. I don't think most of us are thinking about what is at stake. Well, what does it matter I know who Christ is. I'm going to try to go to heaven. I've put my faith in him. And we think, you know what, I, I, I've got that done. And we're not thinking about what is at stake. Here's the next question. What is at stake? Actually everything. It is no overstatement to say what is at stake is literally, actually everything. Listen to me tonight. You see, if hot is not hot, you're going to put your hand in the pot and it's going to get burned. And if cold is not cold, you're going to go outside and you're going to stay out there and you're going to freeze to death. And if the truth is not the truth, nothing will stand. Wow, listen, what a plan of Satan that is. If the truth is not the truth, nothing will 
stand. Listen to me tonight. We have everything in the truth. Reality is in the truth. Hope for us is in the truth. Life is in the truth. Justice is in the truth. Peace is in the truth. Consistency is in the truth. The answers come from the truth. And if you remove the truth, everything crumbles. Sound familiar? Notice anything today? Seeing anything? Everything is at stake. If you remove the truth, everything crumbles. The home crumbles. The church crumbles. The society crumbles. The nation crumbles. If you remove the truth, everything crumbles. Listen to me. Absolutely everything is at stake. And so that brings us to the third question, and that is the best question tonight. So what is the truth about the truth? If those are the attacks against the truth, if that is the consequence of surrendering the truth, what is the truth about the truth? All right, remember our verse tonight. These are the words of Jesus. These are God's words to us. And Jesus says here in this verse, praying to the Father, now remember the context, praying to God, he says this, your word is truth. That's what Jesus says. Your word is truth. Now from that, let me establish tonight in concrete what we need to know. From that tonight, let me firmly set on solid ground what Satan in this day is trying to steal from us. Are you ready for this? Here we go. The first thing is this. The truth is from God. It is of God. That's the first thing. We need to be sure of that. The truth is from God. It is of God. The word for your, your word is truth. The word for, for your literally translates the word of you. The word of you. Your, in the Greek, in the original language, it is a possessive pronoun. So what that means is your very own. That's what it translates, your very own or yours or, or in old English, thine, thine. It is his word. And so see this tonight. The truth is from God. The truth is of God. He creates all. He is responsible for all. He knows all. He is infinite in wisdom. And so the truth is from God, and the truth is of God. Now think about that. The truth of creation comes from the creator. The truth of marriage from a lawyer? No, from the designer of marriage. The purpose and the plan and the point to life comes from the creator and giver of life. The truth is from God. It is of God. Be sure, folks, that is the reason for the battle. That is the reason for the battle. That's why Satan can't stand it. And so be very sure tonight, an assault on the truth is an assault on God. And so it is a big deal. We're not able to put our heads in the sand and say it doesn't matter. The truth is from God. The truth is of God. Second point is this. The truth is knowable. 
the truth is knowable. Jesus says, your word. That's what he says, your word. Now, the Greek word is logos. Now, we saw it when we first started the, the study in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Logos. It is that word in the Greek. It means, listen, speech, utterance, or sayings. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Why do you say something? Why do you say something? It is to be heard. It is to reveal something. It is to make something known. That is why you say something. Now, if you don't want something known, be silent. Now, that's another sermon. We'll look at it some other time. Some of us need that. If you don't want something known, be silent. When you speak, you're making something known. Well, be very sure tonight, the word of God is knowable. And so when the world comes along and says, you can't know it, when the world says, it is not that plain, when the world says, it is too big for us, no, the teaching of Scripture is this, the truth is knowable. That leads us to the next thing. Not only is it knowable, the third thing is this, the truth is meant to be known. It's not just knowable, it is meant to be known. God speaks it, revealing it, offering it, and then God records it in in the scriptures, in the Bible, through the prophets and through the apostles. The truth is meant to be known. Be sure tonight, listen to this. God wants you to know his truth. Do you know that? God wants you to know his truth. Now, Satan doesn't want you to know, but God wants you to know his truth. He wants you to know the truth of creation. He wants you to know the purpose and the meaning of life. He wants you to know how to live in your home and how to live in your marriage, how to raise your kids. He wants you to know how to be in business. He wants you to know how to use your mouth, your tongue. He wants you to know how to deal with your relationships. He wants us, he wants you to know the truth. Sometimes we act like it's a mystery. Well, uh, I don't know if we do this and do that, we might figure it out. We act like it's a, a puzzle to figure out. Listen to me. God wants us to know the truth. The truth is knowable, and he wants us to know it. Next thing is this. The truth is set. The truth is fixed. The truth is set, the truth is fixed. When the world says truth is relative, truth can change, or there are different versions of the truth, we need to know that the reality, we need to know the truth is that the truth is set. The truth is fixed. Now back back to verse 17, Jesus says, your word is, your word is, The Greek word for is, it is a verb that means to be, to exist, listen, to remain as, or to be found as. Now, what that means is this. The truth is unchanging. The truth is permanent because it has to be. It means tonight, listen, we can have confidence in the truth. We can place our trust in the truth because the truth is set and the truth is fixed. 
What God called a marriage 2,000 years ago is still a marriage. Well, what if the culture doesn't like it? What if the times have changed? What if that's not acceptable? Listen to me. What God has called a marriage is still a marriage. What if God determined there were two genders? Listen, there are still two genders, and there's not fluid genders, and there's not pieces of genders, and there's not three, and there's not five, and for sure you don't get to decide it. If God says there are two genders, there are still two genders, and what God has called right, it is still right, and what God has called wrong, it is still wrong. Listen to me. We might be wishy-washy. We might be schizophrenic, but praise the Lord, his word is not. Psalm 119, verse 89, we looked at it last night. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. It means fixed in heaven. God's word is fixed. The truth is fixed. And that's why we can have confidence in his word. Next, the truth. Now listen to this one. This is weird. The truth is true. (laughs) The truth is true. The Greek word for truth, your word is truth. Greek word for truth, Jesus says here, the Greek word for truth is, listen to this, universally true. That's what it means, universally true. That means always true. It's true in all places, It is true in all times. It is true in all situations. It was true the other day. It'll be true in the future. It's true somewhere else. It's true here. It is universally true. The best translation, listen to this, that I found is this. Truly true. His word is truly true. Folks, be sure of this. We can be fully confident in the word of God, our Bible, in all matters, at all times, and in all situations. Listen to me. We do not need to flinch. We do not need to concede or compromise. We don't have to stutter when we say it. God's word is true. It cannot be otherwise because he is true. God's word is true. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you something. Tonight in 2021, we need a whole bunch of churches. We need some churches, and we need some preachers in those churches to quit tiptoeing around, to quit hedging their bets, to quit surveying the culture, to quit seeing what people are willing to accept, to quit avoiding the confrontation, and to stand up and say, your word is truth. God's word is truth. The truth is true. You know what? If the truth is true, you don't have to worry about it. If the truth is true, you don't have to wonder about it. Well, what what if we find out it's not true? What if we get a microscope and we prove it's not true? You won't have to worry about that. The truth is true. It will stand. The truth is true. And that brings us to the best thing, the last thing we're going to look at tonight. And that is this. Listen to this. The truth is Jesus. Ultimately, it all boils down to this. The truth is Jesus. Let's go back to that Greek word is. 
Your word is truth. The Greek word is. Now, we won't press it too far, but it is, again, this Greek verb, and it means to be, to exist, to remain as, to be found. It most literally, listen to this, it most literally means to be being. Does that start to ring a bell? To be being. It is the verb, and we've looked at it several times. We've looked at it many times in this study. It is the verb that God uses to reveal himself in the Old Testament. It is the verb that God uses to name himself. Who shall I tell him has sent me? You tell him I am, I be being, is the one that has sent you. Listen, it is the verb that Jesus uses when he says, I am the bread of life. I be being the bread of life. I am the good shepherd, same verb. I am the door of the sheep, same verb. I am the vine, the same verb. I am the light of the world, the same verb. Listen to me. It is the verb, I am. I be being the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. I want you to see that tonight. Jesus is of God. Jesus is knowable. Jesus is meant to be known. Jesus is true. He's always true. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it says he is faithful and true. Jesus is fixed. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He'll be the same tomorrow. Jesus is the truth. And so any attack on any truth is an attack on Jesus. You say, well, that's pretty steep. That's a pretty big deduction. Any attack on any truth is an attack on Jesus. Let me show you what I mean by that. If we say there's more than two genders, marriage can be something other than what God has defined it, we actually call into question the truth. Well, did God not really say that? Did he not really mean it when he said it? Has he changed what he meant when he said it? Is that really the truth? If we start to go, and I'm talking about anything, well, creation didn't happen this way, we start to question the truth. Well, I don't know if those miracles are possible. We call into question the truth. And, and there starts to be this slippery slope. And it moves, and there's a little more, and there's a little more, and it ends with a question of the gospel. Well, if I can't believe him on two genders, can I believe him on how to be saved? If I can't believe him in creation, can I believe him in matters of redemption? And it all comes back to a question of Jesus. So if we can't trust the truth here, how do we trust the truth Jesus over here? It absolutely matters. And so settled tonight, once and for all, settled for all and at once in Jesus, your word is truth. It's time for truth. It's time for truth. Let's pray. Dear we Father, we come and I'm thankful for your truth Thankful for the truth of your written word. Every word perfect, every word true, every word reliable as it points to the living word, Jesus. Also true, also reliable. 
Lord, I'm thankful that in the word we have hope in the word. We have peace in the word. Jesus, we have the forgiveness of our sin. Lord, I'm thankful that in a battle for the truth we have and possess and can know the truth. I'm thankful for your grace in that. Lord, I pray tonight as we conclude this service that a couple things would happen. First off, some folks that thought they couldn't find the truth would find it tonight in Jesus. For some of us that have become numb to the truth, that we would be excited again about possessing the truth. And in a world that's lost outside of the truth, that we would carry forth that truth. Lord, enable those things. Be known in those things. Be pleased in those things. And Lord, we just come and say, we thank you, Jesus, the truth. And I pray in his name, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I, I want to tell you that those, those points stand out tonight. You know what? Jesus is knowable. Do you know any other religion you can't know your God? And you can try to figure out things about him. You can look at his rule system and try to see what he's like. But in Christ, we know God because Jesus is God. Do you know Jesus is meant to be known? It's not for some, but not for others. It's not held back in the cross of Calvary, the redemptive work of Christ. His grace is offered to all people. Jesus is meant to be known. Do you know not just a bunch of facts, but deep, intimate knowledge is available by receiving him in faith. Do you know everything settled in the truth? It still is in Jesus. Everything is settled in Jesus. Listen, my call tonight is this. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it tonight. What an awesome thing on this Saturday night, wherever you're at, to say, you know what? I trust Jesus. I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of the guilt of my sin, the shame of my sin, the weight of that shame. And I turn to Jesus and trust him as the Savior for sin. The Bible says if you'll call upon him, trusting that he paid the, paid the price at Calvary, if you trust him as your Savior, repenting of your sin and turning to him, he'll save you tonight. He'll save you tonight. He'll forgive you tonight. If you've never done that, do that tonight. If you've never heard that, listen, that's the truth. If you've heard that a million times and become numb to it, it is no less the truth. Receive the truth tonight. Be saved in Jesus tonight. If you're here and you've, you've made that decision, maybe it's recent, maybe it's sometime in the past, but you've never fought in believer's baptism, you come tonight and let's set a date. It'll be a great day testifying to what we believe of Jesus, not part of our salvation but as a testimony to our salvation. You come, it'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well and together we'll stand on this truth, proclaiming this truth until the truth, Jesus, comes back and gets us. Maybe you want to come on this Saturday night and pray at this altar. Maybe you want to come and pray for those that are hearing in other places. Maybe you want to come and pray for the last 22 nights that God would take them, be known through them, that it would be exceedingly abundantly more than we would ask or think. I'm going to ask that no one would stir around, no one would head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out, you come on, I'll meet you here.